Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. This is not what they were promised. It is Greeny, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 80, your smart speaker, Carlin, as in Chris, in for Greeny today at 888-729-3776. Want you to be a part of the program later, including plenty of, N- plenty of NFC East talk around the Cowboys and the Eagles and the Giants. Lewis Riddick joins us in 15 minutes to go through it all. But right now, we are beginning in Queens. Here we go! go, go. Only one place to start. Here's the 0-2 to Gallagher. Broken bat, soft liner, Pena catches it, and a no-hitter! Robert Valdez! Robert Valdez throws the 16th no-hitter in Houston Astros history. Three hours later. Oh, they called a balk! They called a balk! The game is over! They called a balk on Josh Walker before he even threw a pitch! The Royals win it 7-6 on a balk of all things! Over the years, the Mets have invented ways to lose games, so really that was no surprise. But yesterday was one of the worst days in the history of the New York Mets. It was on KBME 790 down in Houston and on 610 in Kansas City as the Royals beat the Mets on a buck off. The Astros get Justin Verlander from the Mets, and then they throw a no-hitter. You have to be, if you are a Mets fan, I'm sure enthused by the fact that you have gotten top premier prospects in the last few days. But yesterday, yesterday was one of the worst days in the history of this organization. And the reason is not only has this season completely imploded on you, but you found out what you were told last week just was not true. Let's remind you about what you were told last week when the Mets traded away Max Scherzer to the Texas Rangers. Remember that that deal included $30-plus million so that the Mets with a middling farm system right now could replenish it with one of the top prospects for Texas and Luis Angel Acuna, the younger brother of Ronald Acuna Jr. Listen to Billy Epler, the Mets GM, last week. Given the place we're in, the odds we're facing, you know, it was a strategic decision. You know, we kind of took this opportunity to um, to kind of serve another goal of the organization, which is to uh, enhance the farm system. So, but I do want to be clear that it's not a rebuild, um, it's not a fire sale, it's not a liquidation. This is just a repurposing of you know Steve's investment in the club, kind of shifting that investment from the team into the organization. Liar, liar! You know how I know? Here's Max Scherzer yesterday. Filling us in on exactly what the discussions were with Billy Epler and Steve Cohen. The team is now kind of shifting vision, and uh, they're looking to compete for 2025 and 2026. It was not going to be a reload situation. It was going to be more of a transition in 2024. You know, we're looking to compete outside my contract window. I said, okay, you know, that's a brand news to me, different than what I'd ever heard out of uh, Steve's mouth. I was like, all right, I got to hear this directly from Steve. So I had a phone call with Steve, and he basically articulated the same vantage point, that that was the new vision for the Mets. Then I said, yes, I will waive my no-trade clause. We went into the season you know, with high expectations, uh, rightfully so. We had a very good team. Unfortunately, we didn't play up to it. And because of where everybody is at within their contract situation, age, everything, Billy and Steve, they had a different vision now. The math changed on them. You know, they wanted to be able to flip guys for prospects. Well, Max Scherzer last year was told that the Mets were trying to win right now. The Mets spent 
what, $335, $340 million in payroll this season trying to compete now. And now they have completely changed. And Billy Epler, while telling you that it was not a rebuild situation, went and traded away six players in the last five days. Six players in the last five days. Are you kidding me? And the reason it's one of the worst days is that you found out that maybe the magic elixir of Steve Cohen is just not what you thought it was because he was willing to completely shift his focus. And this is not what they were promised. Welcome to ownership and welcome to billionaires not being able to be trusted. Listen, we could we could talk all day about how much owners care about fans, okay? Steve Cohen's trying to do the right thing, so I don't blame him here. He's not all of a sudden turning into the Wilpons. We are not going back into that 40 years in the desert that was uh, the Mets for such a long time and really just not being able to get out of their own way. That's not what this is. But what it was was an admission of we are not trying to make this happen right now anymore. And I'll tell you what the bigger admission is when you look at sports in general. When are we going to realize, people, super teams do not work unless you have one of the greatest players to ever play in any professional sport leading the way. It worked for the Miami Heat with LeBron James. You could argue it didn't actually work to the level that they fully expected it to because I'm sure they were thinking about winning four and five championships as opposed to just the two. What we are seeing is that more often than not, this doesn't work. I credit the Mets for going and getting prospects and building that back up and Steve Cohen for throwing money at that problem in a different way, as they said, repurposing. Repurposing. But what you just found out yesterday is you weren't getting the truth all along. And that's troubling. That's troubling. There are words from the ownership and there are words from the GM. And then three days later, there are actions that do not match those words. So in the grander scheme now, when are teams going to learn that this just does not work? It doesn't. It hasn't worked for LeBron so far in L.A., so far because of injuries. It didn't work for the 2011 Dream Team Philadelphia Eagles. Remember how much of a mess that was? It didn't work for the Brooklyn Nets. Oh, my God. That was one of the great meltdowns of not just a season, but expectations over the course of two and three years when you get the likes of James Harden and Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving in one place and they took a flamethrower to that son of a gun. They did it in an amazing way. And it really is a cautionary tale here for some teams moving forward that are very much in the same boat. You know, the the Jets did not necessarily go out and make it a dream team, so to speak, but they talk like it. They added one of the great quarterbacks in the history of the league who we all seem to ignore is coming off 
One of his worst seasons ever. 26th in the league in QBR for Aaron Rodgers last season in Green Bay. Point to whatever you want to. Talk about the injury. If the injury was that big of a factor for him. But facts are facts. And when you're on the field, that stuff doesn't matter. He didn't get it done. And a lot of that was his fault. Talk about Brees Hall making the comment, we have an answer for everything on our offense. Really? Okay. Let's find out if you do have an answer for everything. For a team that hasn't done a damn thing yet, their expectations are super high. And on the level of a super team. Phoenix Suns? How do you think that's going to go? With Kevin Durant leading the way, who is not an alpha in any way and just wants to sit back. With Bradley Beal, who has never won anything at all. And Devin Booker's the only one there. And with those two guys alongside him, maybe they can do some positive things, but can they all stay healthy together? When are you going to learn that this does not work? And as far as the Mets are concerned, think about the last four years. Let's let's not even, we don't have to go chapter and verse through everything. You know how bad it's been. But as far as starting pitchers, just starting pitchers, Zach Wheeler, Marcus Stroman, Jacob DeGrom, who is nothing but injured as a Met anyway, they probably made the, they made the right decision there. Taiwan Walker. And now Max Scherzer and Justin Verlander, who they weren't, they weren't, hopefully they'll come in and still be good. They're, no, they're going to come in and still be dominant at their age and be amazing. And Verlander was. Scherzer was not. And they're gone now. The Mets are shelling out money to get rid of them and to get better, younger prospects. And you found out yesterday we are not going to compete in 2024. That stinks. I have to welcome in Bubba on this discussion as a Met fan because, Bubba, it felt like one of the worst days, and there have been plenty of them to choose from. But to find that out after everything you went through with the Wilpons, And now having Steve Cohen, who has been treated as a savior, I have to imagine this was a bit of a kick in the pants yesterday. Well, you know, I don't know. Maybe I'm just still seeing it in a positive angle because I have faith in Steve Cohen. I would say this is one of the most disappointing years, without question. Mm-hmm. I mean, when anytime you're comparing this year to the the worst team money can buy, at least this team wasn't wasn't full of bad guys. Yeah, I mean, they're not, they're they're not, not throwing firecrackers. Exactly, they're not, you know, they're not pouring bleach on people. But you know, that, still, this was not good. This was definitely one of the worst years I've experienced as a fan. Going coming off the playoff last year, this was this was terrible. However, I just feel like we, we the season's been lost. So yes, yesterday I was not. It's already been gone. As far as the transition to next year, I just I I kind of agree with what Epler is saying because yes, there, it's it's not a fire sale. It's not like the Marlins after they won where they they gave up everyone. They traded everyone away. Yes, we gave up Scherzer and Verlander, but we still have Alonzo. We still have McNeil. We still have Lindor. We still have Alvarez, who's getting better. You know, we we got Senga. We got to add a couple pieces. There's no reason we can't compete and be a decent team next year in the wild card, and then, 
and then continue to get better. Like, so that's my thing. I, I don't think we're we're all of a sudden next year just going to be in last place. But they and- just told you they're not going to compete next year. They don't expect to compete next year. It's not. Listen, they may not be a, a sixty win team. But I don't. Next I don't season. see how you can. How can you not even compete with these players we have on the team? I mean, they they such. But under- that is a story that they have been trying to tell for the last thirty five years. How can we not compete with the players on this team? Right, but I'm, I mean, I, I don't. know. I'm just with the players that we had. The, the, I mean, this year is one of the most underachieving teams of all time. And most of the players are going to be back there next year. I just don't understand how you can be. They they can't be that bad again next year. I don't. I'm I'm just saying. Plus, we're to, all I'm here. And yes, it's going to be spin and prospects. You never know how it's going to turn out. We've been down this road. Many Mets first round draft picks have not been good. But all we're hearing from all the beat writers is, hey, the Mets farm system was bad 48 hours ago. They completely revamped oh it in in 48 hours. So I, okay, but. I, I, I get that. And that takes – there's all I'm hearing from – it's not just one person. Multiple people are saying it takes years to do what they did. Now, again, that not not every person might p- pan out. That might not Bubba, happen. Bubba, don't get dizzy from the spin. Don't I, get dizzy I, from the what, spin. What, 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 what do you think they're going to do? Be in last place next year with, no, with, listen. with, with Lindor, McNeil, Alonzo, Alvarez, what Senga, happened here? Quintana, all those you people. Can, you can say all the names we want. We know they're there. Are they all on the field at the same time? That's a problem. That's been an issue. And when we say this year after year about this team, it doesn't necessarily translate. Right. I, my point is, I think, and I think to Steve Cohen's credit, he's saying, look, I looked at this. I looked at the situation. I threw a lot of money at it. It didn't work. I'm not doing that again. We're pivoting and we're changing. And I give him credit for changing, unlike Wilpon, who just kept doing the same thing every year and failing. I got faith in Steve Cohen. We're going to win a World Series. Rangers suck. <laughs> That's where it all just came down to right there. We. That's where Bubba's coming from on this. We. And as far as we are concerned, let's maybe, maybe not put the cart before the horse before we're throwing Pete Alonzo into the we, who is a free agent after next season. With all of this going on, I think he wants to be here, but... You better hope. Granny is presented by Progressive Insurance. Insurance for motorcycles, boats, RVs, and more. For protection on the road and on the water, see how much you can save at 1-800-PROGRESSIVE and at Progressive.com. Chris Carlin in for Granny today at ESPN Radio and on Sirius XM Channel 80. Someone who has unfortunately witnessed a failed super team tells us why his experience could be a cautionary tale for one team with a lot of expectations. That's next. Carlin for Greeny, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Shopping for Mother's Day is usually a challenge because you wait until the last minute, but Macy's Gift Finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift just in time for Mother's Day. Whether you're shopping for your sister's first Mother's Day or your fashionista mom who loves to make a statement, Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas that you can easily pick out something special to celebrate them both. You can shop by price, anywhere from 25 bucks and under to 100 bucks and under. You can also sort by category like fragrance, handbags, and more, or gift lists like For the mom who has everything, pre-wrapped gifts or gifts for grandma. 
Find top brands like Studio Pro Model Beats headphones, Polaroid cameras, and Samsung smart TVs. So what are you waiting for? Mother's Day is May 12th. It'll be here before you know it. Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Head to Macy's.com slash gift finder today. That's Macy's.com slash gift finder. Greeny, the podcast. Super teams just don't work. They don't work unless you have one of the greatest players in the history of the sport. Chris Carlin in for Greeny on ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80. We're presented by Progressive Insurance on your smart speaker as well. Don't forget about that. Lewis Riddick, ESPN NFL front office insider, joins us right now. Lewis, we appreciate the time. How you doing? I'm doing great. How you doing? I'm doing outstanding. And Good. listen, uh, this is not, this is purely by accident. And this is not yeah. uh, any way I want to start this because you played no role in this whatsoever. But you Uh-oh. have been you have been around a super team, so to speak. And when you look at the Jets this year, as you were you know part of the Eagles front office in 2011, when you look at a team that has so much hype coming into an NFL season, how detrimental can that be? Oh wow! Well. well. I think when it can be detrimental, especially if people don't keep their eyes on the work, meaning the players in particular, if the coaching staff is not real cognizant of all the different kinds of changes that are taking place in your personnel and making sure that you're fitting these guys into roles that best accentuate their positives, limit their negatives. And I don't think we did a great job of that in Philadelphia year of the super team the dream team as vince young called it and and to be clear that was everybody else except you i think you did a phenomenal (laughs) job around it (laughs) no no i you know what i'll be honest with you that that was a very unique year Mm. um i think that was coming that was the year we were coming out of was that the lockout year yeah it Mm -hmm. was so we didn't have a regular off season you didn't have any time to really get guys, you know, together in off season at all. We were signing guys in training camp that we had, had never even stepped foot, stepped foot in the building. A lot of these guys were good players. I mean, there, you know, there, there's there's good players and then there's good teams, and sometimes it doesn't always match. And our our team just didn't gel. It, it just didn't. We had Juan Castillo becoming a defensive coordinator for the first time that year after being a career offensive line coach. So there was a lot of things, man, that really pushed against us or went against us that year on top, you know, on top of everything else. I think with the Jets, this is what's interesting about them. Like offensively, I would imagine it being a pretty smooth process right now between Aaron, Nathaniel Hackett, Randall Cobb, Alan Lazard, teaching this offense to this offensive line, a young rookie center, a young staple of backs, wide receiver group that's about as diverse as it gets, two really good tight. I mean, I would assume that this is probably further along as far as installation, the ongoing process of developing chemistry, and people kind of getting, okay, look, this is where we can envision this guy playing, this guy playing. I, that doesn't worry me. The only thing that worries me with the Jets right now, and defense remains intact, right? So that's not an issue. Special teams, you know, remains a core part of the football team. That doesn't worry me. There's one thing that worries me with this team. One, the offensive line. Mm. 
the quality of the offensive line, the consistency of the offensive line, its ability to capture the line of scrimmage, its ability to spring these backs for four-plus yards, the ability for it to deal with the best pass rushers in the NFL like they're going to face with a quarterback who is definitely on the back nine of his career, who doesn't want to make a living trying to extend plays all the time. That's just not what he's going to want to do. That's the only thing that worries me. If, if somehow that becomes a steady unit on the team, I'm excited as hell for the Jets, to be honest with you. Lewis Riddick, ESPN NFL front office insider, joining us. NFC East, Jerry Jones basically issuing a challenge to the rest of the division yesterday, indicating that uh, how much better the Cowboys have gotten. What is your read on this division? Should it be on notice, so to speak? Um, look, Dallas, Dallas should be better. There's no question. Defensively, they got some help up front in the draft with Mozzie Smith. They've got some help in the back end with Stephon Gilmore. They, they paid uh, Trayvon. Mike is going to be up for MVP, period, because he wants to get paid. But offensively, Brandon Cooks is going to help out CD for sure. Zach will be in at some point in time. So, look, you just hope that Tony Pollard comes back and he's 100% healthy and that they are able to develop some depth at running back so he doesn't have to carry all the load. Dallas, all that being said, Dallas will be stronger. The, quest, the problem is, look, Washington is going to be legit. They'll have a top-five defense. Sam Howell, many people are high on, including Eric Bieniemy. They have battering rams for running backs. The Giants are going to be much better this year in the second year of Brian Dable and Mike Katko on offense in particular as the coordinator. Daniel Jones will be better this year than he was last year. The wide receiver core is better. Evan Neal will be better at right tackle. Andrew Thomas has got his money. Philly's, Philly's going to be better this year, too, because they're going to be pissed off. The question, you know, obviously two new coordinators, but both of these guys are accomplished in their own right, both, you know, as, a, as assistants. The NFC East is not an overrated division. I know my colleague Jeff Darlington. Uh, well, maybe it was Jeff who said that today when we were on TV. I don't think they're. I don't think it's an overrated division at all. What does he know? I think it's a division. I think it's a division that, quite honestly, it's going to be tightly contested this year. I believe. Well, Darlington's lost. We know that. Lewis Riddick with us, <laughs> ESPN NFL front office insider. Chris Carlin in for Greeny. Lewis, who's the breakout player that we're not talking about? Who's going to be in the MVP discussion? Oh, bre- oh, wow. Breakout player in the MVP discussion. Yep. What that what that was was I'm I'm buying time as I'm trying to figure out who, who might. That yeah, be. I'm familiar with the mechanics of it. Yes. Yeah, you, you know how, you know how that goes. Right? When you repeat the question nice and slow, and you go, "Good question." Hmm. Mm. Um. You know what? I think Trevor Lawrence will be in it. I really do. I think yeah. him and Calvin Ridley are going to explode on the scene in the South. I think Jacksonville wins that division. I think I think Trevor, we start having those discussions again about like when he came out in the draft, when Mel said, and that being Mel Kuyper said he's the best prospect, prospect since John Elway. I think we start having those conversations again. He turned it on last year in a big, big way. And Calvin Ridley, before he got suspended, Calvin Ridley is one or two as far as best pure route runners in the NFL, period. End of story. So I think Trevor's going to be in that mix. He's going to have one of those 
high 4,000-yard passing seasons, 35, 40 touchdown type seasons. I got two last ones for you. It's Lewis Riddick, ESPN NFL front office insider. Is there a team that most people have written off that you were higher on this year? Written off? Uh, or not written off, but maybe, you know, they don't feel like there's a playoff team necessarily. For some reason, man, like, I don't think by and large people feel Detroit is is still going to be a, a, a serious contender. And I don't think people feel Seattle is going to still be a serious contender. Uh, even though Seattle is a playoff team, Detroit is not. Detroit, Detroit's winning the North in the NFC. They're winning it. Detroit's making it at least to the divisional round of the playoffs. And I think Detroit goes to the NFC championship game. I don't know who wow. against, but I just feel like they have that kind of chemistry. And you know, you know what? I'll give you a guy who people have written off. Let's put it that way. Okay. Jared, Jared Goff has been written off, and I don't understand why. I don't understand why. Just look at his statistics last year and any meaningful statistic. And I'm not talking about baseline, you know, press box statistics. Look at the advanced metrics and then watch him play last year and tell me that this guy is not good enough for them to get back to, for the, for him to help get a team back to the Super Bowl. And I'll argue on every single point. I think Detroit is that team that people still don't take seriously. Uh, last one, Patriots. We heard Robert Kraft's comments earlier this offseason. When you look at this situation and where they are, do you think that he and Bill Belichick are on the same page in terms of their timeline of winning? I don't know. <laughs> hmm. I think Robert Kraft for sure is like, look, I've had enough. I've had enough of being an also ran. I've had enough of people like we're like the subject of jokes concerning like the one thing that Bill has been a master at. And that's like, right. Bringing up coaches, developing coaches, exposing them to a offense, defense, special team scouting, and then having them go on and be head coaches. And then last year, what he did to the coaching staff and the decisions he made on the offensive side of the ball made them the laughing stock, quite honestly. And they just have not been a relevant post post uh, season contender since Tom left. And that is not going to sit well with, with Robert Kraft. And it sounds like to me, it's like you do it now, like this year. Otherwise, we're going to have some tough, tough conversations. And that's hard to fathom considering that we're talking about Bill Belichick, okay? Mm-hmm. We're talking about Bill freaking Belichick. Mm-hmm. But I think this year is critical. I think you this is an inflection point for them. As hard as that, as, me, as much as many people may think that that sounds ridiculous, like you don't get Bill Belichick ultimatums. It damn sure sounds like Robert Kraft is saying, we better win this year. Otherwise, we're going to have some tough, tough, tough conversations come January. Awesome insight as usual. Lewis, appreciate the time. Thanks. Of course. Thanks. Lewis Riddick, ESPN NFL front office insider. Chris Carlin in for Greeny, presented by Progressive Insurance. Progressive makes bundling easy and affordable. Get a multi-policy discount by combining your motorcycle, RV, boat, ATV, and more. All your protection in one place. Bundle and save at Progressive.com. Hey, let's go do our job, man. NFL Nation 2 a day. Time is here. On ESPN Radio. The New England Patriots. Blue 58. Go. I'm Mike Reese with the Patriots. Top storyline, simple. Mac Jones and the offense. How much does the addition 
of new offensive coordinator Bill O'Brien make a difference? Will we see the Mac Jones from his rookie year of 2021, or will it be a continuation of last year when Mac slipped in his second year in the NFL? Patriots feel like they have the support around Mac try to get him back to what he was like as a rookie. Countdown to kickoff with NFL Nation Two-A-Days on ESPN Radio. What an awesome interview that was with Lewis Riddick. He gave you some gems right there, including on the Patriots. And I have been on this for quite some time. We don't talk about hot seat with Bill Belichick because that's just the oversimplification of this process. But if you honestly don't believe that there's a disconnect there based on what we heard from Robert Kraft earlier this offseason and what we're seeing from Bill Belichick really not changing all that much in how he handles things, you're lost. I give you a case in point right here. Here is the Patriots head coach yesterday just asked about his quarterback, Mac Jones. He said, we'll give them a chance to compete and see how it goes. Is that implying that the quarterback job is kind of open for competition during camp? Everybody's out here competing. It's all 90 guys. Yeah, that's what we're all here for. Just go out and compete. So Mac Jones isn't necessarily your Everybody's out here competing. Like everybody's out here competing. That's what everybody's doing. Can you actually just say who your quarterback is? Because we know it's Mac Jones. You can go out of your way sometimes to try to set that tone. As you have your entire career about it's about competition and everybody's competing and everybody's going to be on the same page and everybody's getting the same uh, opportunity to start as everybody else, which we know is complete and utter garbage. It is not true in any way. Mac Jones is the quarterback. Bailey Zappi is not. Trace McSorley is not. Mac Jones is the quarterback for the Patriots. And here's the bigger issue. Mac Jones, little known fact. Not great at football. Not great as an NFL quarterback. And Bill Belichick continues to hold on to the idea that it's the philosophy and not necessarily the players. He has more than his share of respect for players that he believes are really, truly difference makers. And I give them all the credit in the world for that because he'll go out of his way. He's talked about players like Brandon Cooks before he got him. It's not just, you know, he never gave Brady publicly the credit that he wanted, and he did that very much by design. The reverence with which he talks about Lawrence Taylor, all of that's true. Wouldn't you think every once in a while it's a good idea, especially with a newer generation, to instill some confidence in your quarterback? To say, yeah, you know what? Mac's doing an amazing job. He really is out here. We're we're thrilled with what's coming. He's going to have a great season for us. Pumping him up. Look at the lengths to which you just saw Sean Payton pump up a Super Bowl winning quarterback because his confidence might be an issue. He publicly trashed another coach just to pump up his own quarterback and let him know, hey, It's not your fault. Dude, you are not Robin Williams in Goodwill hunting in that spot. That's kind of what it sounded like, but that's what he felt like he needed to be. If you're Bill Belichick, maybe show a little bit of love at some point to your guy. Maybe some people respond differently to a different level of motivation. The Patriots have the easiest schedule in the NFL. 
Their schedule is ranked number 32 in terms of difficulty. So what does that mean? They're not going to be a five-win team because of it. But I don't think they're going to be an 11-win team. And Robert Kraft, if the Patriots are an eight-win team and not a playoff team again and look like they are headed squarely for the middle for the next few years, it's not going to put up with it. Is it a firing? No, it's not a firing. But there are deep, deep discussions about the head coach's role in the future with the team. It's going to be up to Belichick as to how far he wants to push that discussion. Maybe, just maybe, it gets ugly. Carlin Infragrini, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 80. Here's a sentence I didn't expect or a question I didn't expect to ask. What do I have in common with Derrick Henry? This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. Big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Greeny today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Greeny, G-R-E-E-N-Y. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a one dollar per month trial period at Shopify.com/network. All lowercase. Go to Shopify.com/network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify.com/network. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Greeny, the podcast. It's just getting all kinds of emotional all of a sudden. (laughs) You know what this is from? 
What is this from? Is this from Up in the Air? From Goodwill Hunting. Carlin in for Greeny on ESPN Radio on Sirius XM Channel 80. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. How many more years do you expect Bill Belichick to be the Patriots head coach? Lines are open now. Let's hit them at 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. We hear from you in the next four minutes, so load them up. Let's go. I'm sorry, what? 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 I'm sorry, what? what? I'm sorry, what? I'm sorry, what? Mike Vrabel, the head coach of the Tennessee Titans, he yesterday was asked (laughs) amazingly about Derrick Henry and how many five-year-olds it would take to tackle him. I don't even know if they could. How many kids would die in the process, I would imagine. I don't know. Do I need to give you a number? Like a legitimate number? 35. You want to try it? Test it out? Yeah. Can we try it? Sure. As long as you're one of the (laughs) five-year-olds. First of all, very dark to begin with. How many of them would die in the process? Holy cow, Mike. It's a it's a it's supposed to be a lighthearted question and you took it really to an area where nobody saw it going. And so it begs the question, if you are a bigger guy, Derrick Henry is listed at 247 pounds and you know that he is pure steel with the way that he is constructed, how many people would it genuinely take? First of all, do you believe that number to be 35 for Derrick Henry Bubba? 5-year-olds 35 of them, I feel like that number's a little heavy. Well, I think we have to really narrow in on, are we talking about tackling? Because tackling is an an important distinction. Yes. Because we were talking about before the show, you were mentioning, what was it, your nephews or whatever? Yeah, my nephews and my nieces. Yeah, yeah. if someone, if they're, you know, and they were younger, if they're just going to jump on, if you're standing still and some five-year-olds jump on you, that might be a lesser number. But if Derrick Henry's running and five-year-olds have to tackle you, I'm going way higher than 35. I mean, way higher than 35. Josh Norman is an all-pro corner, and you saw what Derrick Henry did to him. Stiff-armed him out of the way and went flying sideways through the air. So imagine what would happen yeah, to 5-year-olds. Josh Norman is like seven five-year-olds. So if you're the five-year-olds, how do you attack this? Are you going zone? Are you kind of going all the way around him? I think Are the you- five-year-olds only know one way, and it's to swarm. So yeah. I think they're you, just... You stack up a couple in a trench coat, too. Right. <laughs> They just all want to get a hand on him and make sure that, you know, I think you go for the legs for sure, but, you you know, you're definitely going to lose a few in the process. Uh, Derrick Henry, 6'3", 247 pounds. Myself, 6'3", 315 pounds. How many five-year-olds would it take to take me down? Cam, we start with you. You said before the show, and this was just standing, Mm. although I don't think you could run as fast as Derrick Henry. You said I think that's the same bet. <laughs> oh. I admire the respect with which you said that. As if it would even be close. Yes, as if it was even a discussion. Uh, you said I don't before think the... you can run as fast as him. <laughs> you said before the show it would be four if you're just standing, which I think is already lowballing it. You were saying based on your nieces and nephews. But I think if you're moving, I think it's got to be also in the 30s. I'm going to say 32 to take you down. Well, my life has always been built around the scientific rule of inertia objects in motion tend to stay in motion and objects at bay tend to stay at bay so uh, me moving if you hand me a football and you get me going at full speed (laughs) 
full speed. What's full speed? I mean, yeah. I don't think you're, you're – I'm, I'm just going to predict you're not Mr. Uh, nimble here. So you get some of these five-year-olds who trip you up here, you're going right down. So I'm going to take like three of them, 30 wow. seconds. Wow, only three. All you got to do is get you in the legs, you're going to fall over. That's, See, that's not true. What, are you going to be high-stepping them and doing spin moves and jumping <laughs> all of these people? Look at my legs. They're tree trunks. You got great yeah, calves. Yeah, you got great talked calves. about my calves many, many that. times. Great calves. We don't need to go through my award-winning calves. We don't. And I'll just remind you anyway – but I, I think that the number is probably more like seven or eight. I'm cat-like with my agility. Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Or watch the show through the Watch tab on the ESPN app. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN. And also available wherever you get your podcast.